Dev on Rep Pod. The only thing I got is my life to live. The only thing I really know is life. I'm pondering quests and I'm wandering guests and longing stress to get a grip up on my life. Now everything makes everything else. Everything is everything that's within my life. I walk the trail even though it's rocks in the trail. Got to prevail in this thing called life. Watch to the beat drum of the heart come to the outcome. It is not done till it's done. Hell is some sort of twisted mind state. Flames or depression, peace or a pearly gate. Fate is made by the individual who was already known in the eyes of the maker. Great is that that is made lyrical. So I use the microphone as my frustration alleviator. I need to take a little hit up off the spliff. I'm feeling down, I need to take a little lift. It's time to do instead of just saying yes. Time to get moving in this thing called life. The melody shines, it's telling me mine. It's waiting at the end of all these struggling times and lines and dudes intertwined in the blues I live. It just gotta give. Something just gotta give. They say everything you do come back to you. You turn your head at those who drop backs to you. Cause the truth falls deep and you can't break it. But when you break it down, it's actually what you make it. Dad Bod Rap Pod. We are here to record a special episode. A little bit of a of a, of a somber tone, but we also want to be celebratory. Uh, as we record this, we're just kind of processing the news that uh, Gift of Gab of, of Black Alicious Soul Sides Quantum Fame uh, passed away yesterday. Um, I believe he was age 50. And we are all fans. We actually had the privilege of speaking to Gift of Gab on episode 34. So if you want to get a flavor for, you know, our the depth of our, our Soul Sides fandom, as well as um, the great time we had with Gift of Gab, please check out episode 34. Today's episode, we're, we're just going to kind of memorialize a rapper that really meant a lot to us. And we are going to share just the interview um, that we did with Gift of Gab on episode 34. But um, yeah, guys, this um, is unfortunately becoming kind of a more regular thing where, um, you know, we're coming together to kind of eulogize a- another rapper that was meaningful to us. But I will say that for me personally, um, Gift of Gab's loss is huge in the sense that um, his stuff was my kind of a uh, my style as a rapper is kind of formatted around a lot of his early work and when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do um, I, I looked to Black Alicious and, and Gifted Gab's uh, sound as like a blueprint so um, yeah yeah it's it's tough it's tough um, if, if you didn't know my name is Damone Carter aka Dem1 I'm joined by Nate LeBlanc and David Mon. let's just get into it uh, Nate I know that you are really, I think it's okay to call you like a Soul Sides quantum aficionado. Um, when did you first encounter uh, Gab's music and, and what impression did it make on you? Oh, that's a good question. I, I, I think Melodica. Um, I, I, I know I heard of Shadow and Latirix like a little bit before I heard of Black Alicious, but then it was pretty, pretty quickly into melodica um i've, I've re- been re-listening to a lot of gabs and in particular black Alicious's music over the weekend and um melodica is pretty raw like it's it's kind of like mm. um the to whom it may concern uh if you want to make an analogy to like freestyle mm-hmm. fellowship who gabs rhyming and his like kind of uh, vocal theatrics have a lot in common with early freestyle fellowship stuff he's kind of like an ac meets micah nine it's like the human instrument who is also incredibly deep and like uh talks about like meaningful life things in a way that like is very affecting um to have two kind of character essences like that combined in one person makes a pretty incredible mc um so melodica is just a really really important record to me um and i i'm pretty sure that's the first time i heard him um, and, and so I guess technically, now that you've got me thinking about it, probably uh, Burning Hot in Cali, which is his um, guest appearance 
on Latirix's album was probably the first time mm, I heard him. The first time you had heard him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Although um Melodica, I think is the first proper Black Alicious release. Um there is a twelve inch that had um send them uh come and count and estimate um as a as a twelve, I think that came out before that. But um but yeah, no, I love the I love your uh, analogy to mixing the some of the flavors of AC Alone and Mike and I, and I think that's very very apt. Uh, Dave, when did when did you first discover Gab, and kind of what were your impressions? Um, you know, for me, it was the very first time I heard of Black Alicious was Swan Lake, um, yeah. and so it was off of Melodica, but I don't even know how you know thoroughly I explored Melodica I just played Swan Lake like a thousand times um but yeah I that that was my first impression and sort of like what Nate was saying where he was like a like a splicing of uh freestyle fellowship however he wasn't um so virtuosic that you couldn't understand or or yeah. couldn't follow you know so yep. he had that every man appealed down packed and uh I was just re-listening to, to our conversation with him and it's just a reminder of um his humility, you know what I mean? Every time we asked him about his accomplishments and, and his triumphs, he would always go back to just talking about how grateful he was about everything. And when we asked him, yo, you know, who do you want to collaborate with, collaborate with? And, you know, his yeah. answer immediately was like, yo, I'm a fan. So anyone I'm a fan of, you know, he's a fan yeah. first slash MC. And um, yeah, man, it was, I was crestfallen when I found out. So yeah, it, it, it was a, it was a brutal day and uh, one that we've been experiencing a bit too often lately. What about yeah. you, Damone? Uh, when was your first, uh, you know, um, meeting with Gab? Yeah, I, I, uh, as I, as I was kind of mentioning, um, I kind of formatted my early rap style around what he was doing. And in particular, there's a song called Lyric Fathom mm -hmm. on, uh, on Melodica that is, uh, for a lot of us, a lot of my contemporaries and, and, you know, homies who were who were trying to rap at that time, it was kind of like how a jazz player uh, will run giant steps to mm -hmm. to kind of sharpen their chops. <laughs> uh, the The first verse of Lyric Fathom, in particular, I remember something that me Tracks a Million and a bunch of other other dudes would would try to rap word for word just to see if we could do it. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. So, uh, Gab really impressed me with his um what we call now pockets like mm -hmm. he, he had these these uh pockets and arrangements of how he put together the lyrics that were um you know i always think about soul sides as like kind of like the west coast answer to uh to like digging in the crates like they had the the format the beats were down freestyle fellowship was a lot wilder and a lot more jazzy where mm -hmm. I felt like Soul Sides always gave you a, a palette of like, here are some hip hop, you know, beats of uh, that you could really head nod and relate to. And then uh, Gab's virtuosity lyrically was just, um, we're blown away by it. But then he also had like real storytelling right. uh, capability as on Swan Lake or 40 Ounce for Breakfast. Um, so yeah, Melodica for me was, was kind of the, the introduction with Lyric Fathom being you know um this kind of seminal thing and if you listen if this uh re-release of lackadaisical ever comes out um when we were in the studio they were like oh he's like a young gab he's Whoa. Like, it was like uh you know is uh is in hand of the derelicts would be like oh okay you you think you're gift to gab and i'm like wow. low-key i'm trying yeah exactly <laughs> so it was one of those things where uh his passing really hit me in a way that um you know, I'm, I'm obviously, I just, I hate to see, especially middle-aged cats, cats who aren't that much older than me, right. um, passing right. away. But then there's also this piece of like, when someone's work has affected you on that level, and then, um, and then they're gone, you know? And, right. and so I, I felt very privileged that we were able to, uh, to talk to him. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys, you know, we, we, we kind of all got hip to him with Melodica, but outside of uh of alphabet aerobics which i know from looking at social media is a lot of people's kind of entry point or where they really got going um what are some other nay i'll start with you what are some other kind of high watermark moments for black delicious gift of gab that you think folks should check for yeah um I, 
Nia's a great record, and actually A to G is an incredible EP. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is like mm-hmm. all killer, no filler. Um, a really good um, essential kind of document in their progression. And Nia was a big record for me. I have like the triple, or maybe it's quadruple wax special edition in the. it's behind you no yeah it has the like instrumentals and you know we would use like you know i would just when i was like dorm djing i would play those all the time and uh i i really really like the the way that they weave in the kind of singing and poetry and like usually i don't like stuff like that i'm pretty much an essentialist with rap music but the way they did it i thought was very artistic um very beautiful and i was just listening on a long drive on Friday when we heard the news about this um, to Nia again. And there's this song called Trouble. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's not a particularly well-known Black Alicia song. It's not one of their hits. It's an album cut. And mm-hmm. I was just listening to that and I was just like, you can't rap better than this. Right. It's right. impossible. The, the, the patterns that he uses and the way that he fits the words in without changing them too much and the musicality of the kind of lilting and halting and when he stops and when he when he goes and when he charges forward i was just like this is just a normal song of his and like it's it's a master class in rapping so that's one that i've been really drawn to and then i've always been a big fan of the song making progress which is on both mm. the ep and nia as an album because i feel like it's kind of gift of gab's mission statement about being a good person yeah. and his mm. his and excel's project with black alicious was always to uplift the black community and black artistry and mm-hmm. to like kind of prove through hip-hop that like there's this sort of untapped well of talent and like just this like really really deep connection to community and so i've always thought that song was really beautiful and i've been listening to it a lot yeah that's a. Uh that's that's great kind of um you know the many sides I, I talked about the we've all talked about the lyrical virtuosity but also um there's a lot of meaning um in gifted gab's work and um almost this earnestness which not a lot of guys can get away with and do well um dave what what are some of your other kind of black black alicious essential tracks that maybe people should check out um, well, I mean, none of them, I think, are like deep cuts. I mean, if you're a fan of Black Alicious or Quantum, you've heard of them. But for me, 40 Ounce for Breakfast has always been a big, big standout. Um, yeah. You know, I've always been a fan. I've always been a fan of the instrumental hook anyways. And yeah. so listening to that and Swan Lake um, is is a reminder of how perfect it is, um, the instrumental hook, only because Gab just you know is so dense so then yeah. the hook is is when when the song breathes, breathes you know so um it's just it, it, the way that they sort of position their songs were just so perfect and i think uh with 40 ounce it's one of those where it's so uh self-reflective right like mm-hmm. he should have done this instead of doing this and also on top of that i think it just shows his um his ability to uh storytell right i mean yeah. uh it's just a reminder of how Gift of Gab possesses everything that makes you, that, that is required to be a, a complete MC. And um, I think it's definitely shown on that song. Um, and sort of a, as an aside, I want to I wanna throw in the um, fourth uh, dimensional Rocket Ships Going Up, which was his solo album. Um, I kind of slept on that a little bit. I remember getting the promo for it and just being like, yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's Gab solo stuff, whatever, and liking it. And years later, we talked to uh, Jake One, who had a big a big hand yep. in a lot of those beats and I revisited it and it's like, yeah, that's gift again. He just fucking goes off. You know, some of those songs might have not hit the same way as like the stuff on Melodica for me personally, but um, just another reminder of his greatness, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, that's, that's good. I'm going to, I'm going to circle back on that. I do remember like when that, that came out. Um, I guess the record that I'll mention, cause we haven't mentioned it yet directly is uh, blazing arrow. Which mm-hmm. actually, for some folks, um, is their introduction because of "Make You Feel That Way," mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think was in. It was in. It was on some soundtrack. I remember I was uh, talking to a lady friend, um, and I had mentioned Black Alicia. She's like, "Oh yeah, that song that was. Oh man, if it's not Love Jones, it's something of that. It was on some <laughs> kind of rom com, yeah, kind of a soundtrack. And for a lot of folks, that's that's an entry point." Um, and I think Blazing Arrow is Black Alicious's most 
uh accessible you could tell there yeah. was a there was definitely an attempt to like make um accessible songs not so much barring out let's say uh mm-hmm. there's another song on that record called first in flight that i like a lot um it demonstrates how uh gab could also like you know he, he brought that melodic sensibility even before that was really a thing thing mm-hmm. from the very beginning he had this kind of like um jazzy vocalese type of thing that he would do uh and i think blazing arrow is a kind of a good maybe if if you're trying to introduce black black Alicious to somebody who is not like a, a rap rap head um that that record for me is is would you go so far as to say uh make you feel that way is to black alicious as umi says is to most deaf that that's great that's yeah. perfect yeah 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 100 i think I, that 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 is in, in the sense that it's like um it's accessible it's melodic um but it's not compromising in the same way that that right you know right. most deaf was not compromised by right. by doing it, that it, type it of still song. felt like a, a sense of growth it wasn't like a switch up you know what i mean yeah or um, trying I, to be something. right I love that when we talked to him and we're like, we kept bringing up instances of where we maybe felt, hey, maybe it was a step backward or something, you know, or mm-hmm. something that didn't sit with us too well. And his response was always like, nah, man, it was great to be on a major, you know, it was yep. great to be on the yep. same label as Mary J. Blige. Like he was such a fan first, man. And like, yeah. you know, I just, just his sense of humility, I think, um, uh, uh, which has been greatly talked about recently, I think, you know, is, is something that's that's just amazing you know yeah it's kind of like the you know we've had to kind of uh deal with the idea of artist immortality quite a bit it's just been a rough couple years in that sense but the way that you live and move through the world and the relationships you make upon your passing um it's almost like the receipts come out right right right, like if you were not nice to people if you did if you did shitty things to people that comes out we saw that with with some other folks um, and if you are genuinely just a, a sweet, good-natured human being, then that that's kind of the enduring legacy. And I, you know, I obviously did not know Gab in that way except right, for right. our interview, but um, everything I had heard about him uh, in our interview um, was just, you know, confirmed. What, right. Totally. Totally. What I had heard about him. You know, um, I, um, I I was lucky enough to have interviewed him like four times, maybe five times, including the. Um, um, the podcast episode that we did together. I, I also spoke to Excel a couple of times too, but you know, a memory that stands out was I was at a, a rock the bells in like 2007, 2008. And uh, I think I told Nate this story like a thousand times, but um, the, the way the, the area was set up was that if you were an artist or if you were a writer or like press or anything, you couldn't walk through the crowd. They set it up to where you had to walk around the entire the the mm. the entire field um and this was held at um giants park uh, okay. back in the day and so i was i was going to interview gab and we kind of got stuck in this weird we got lost and had to walk like the length of like three football fields or something and he he's literally he's a large man so literally right. towering over me i'm kind of shy i didn't want to like bother him and there was certainly some some physical limitations involved it was a hot mm-hmm. day so we had to mm-hmm. stop and take breaks and, you know, I, I'm just standing there with my mini disc recorder, but you see you see people coming up and talking to him and him mm-hmm. dealing through his sickness, you know, mm-hmm. or just not being well, I think really spoke to me because he was, uh, you know, I'm I'm fanning out. I'm fucking walking with gift to gab. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. we and we spent probably about 45 minutes together, not not just like, you know, for the interview, but kind of chopping it up and the the moments when we were walking and when it would get silent he was the one who'd be like yo you know where you from san jose oh okay word like just being personable as fuck and he's that guy that's talking about you know wanting to have a v8 rather than a 40 ounce you know what i mean straight up so yeah that that was just a personal moment i kind of wanted to share um literally the best receipts best receipts in hip-hop i mean fuck and we've seen and we've seen thanks for sharing that dave we've seen it kind of in the outpouring of of artists from across the country um, mm-hmm. in, in the Twitter space. And, and what's maybe it's, it's bittersweet in a sense because some of Gab's greatest stuff in the live context has come in the last couple of years. He really was dealing with some really severe health issues. I know he had to um, get an organ transplant, um, a lot of things, but he had managed to, to get together. I believe this was last year, like pre pandemic 
um, he was doing shows and unfortunately I didn't get to catch any of it. I, I saw Black Alicious. My group opened many, many, many moons ago for, for Black Alicious and California Underground Funk one time. Uh, and I kind of, I was, I saw, I've seen Gab live, but uh, what I heard was his most recent last string of live shows was literally amazing. Like really, uh, wow. a lot of a lot of rappers, especially ones that are highly technical and crafty like that, wow. you lose you lose the chop, as uh, mm. as Mike and I would say. Like he, you would lose the ch like your chop, you lose it after a time. And I'm not gonna name any names, but I've seen rappers who have lost their chop. Um, by all accounts, he still had it, and and his oh, is one of the most uh high volume uh kind of harder things to do so um i'm glad that that got to happen and that more and more people got to experience uh, both the recorded material what what gifted gab is like live but you know it also kind of has this hollow thing of like you know how many how many middle-aged rappers are we gonna lose to um I don't want to say preventable things, but but let's right. be real. But let's be real. You know, if if Gab was um, an, an artist that was sitting on, you know, millions in royalties, um, does his health situation go the same? There was a Kickstarter for him to get his organ transplant. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so part of me is like, this is unfortunately turning into, you know, as we look at what happened with Black Rob um and, and even dmx who who did sell millions of albums but somehow right 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 didn't have adequate medical um you know uh at the end and so i, I don't know guys it's 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 really heavy and i'm it it makes me you know i'll be honest it makes me kind of scared for for some of our some of our heroes um, I think the best thing we can do is what we're doing, which is like interview, archive, document, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, like right, when we right. have them on, like tell them that their music is important to us, that we right. like we can kind of hopefully carry the torch um, for this this era in particular. I think one of the things we've discovered through doing um, the show is that for people like us, people our age, people from our region of the world, the underground stuff is just as important as the mainstream stuff. Like yep. I've seen Black Alicious seven or eight times. Um, yeah. I've seen Jay-Z once. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. and it was like I had to splash out on tickets and go to dinner and get dressed. Right. It's like Black Alicious I'm just in a hoodie with my backpack, like front row, arm up. Right. Like that's it's the accessibility of the kind of backpack wrapping generation and like they're they're just as good of artists and they just sure. they their careers just played out really differently and their music is just as meaningful if not more meaningful to me because especially in the case of a guy like gab he's 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 a normal man you know he's totally like, he's, he has this superhuman ability but this intensely human um approachability and right. he's just yeah. like such a such a great technical rapper and uh, one thing i wanted to touch on before we totally move off this is every show i ever saw him do he freestyled and he freestyled at a very, very high level. Oh man, the when highest. You, when you talked about people losing their chop, one thing they really stopped doing early in their careers is taking that moment to freestyle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, just they just yeah. stopped doing that because it's not going as well as it used to, or they've run out of things to say. But like Gab always freestyled and he always came off clean and he always was funny. And I think right, that's something right. we don't really talk about. Damon, you mentioned his earnestness. A lot of his bars are quite amusing and like he's totally. so clever with his wordplay. And especially when he freestyled, I think he brought up, that's when you saw him at his most alive. You could like see the synapses firing mm -hmm, and thinking mm -hmm. like three steps ahead. So I'm just mm -hmm. glad I got a chance to witness that. And Dave, I feel like you wanted to get in there and I stepped on you, but. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. I was just wholeheartedly agreeing. <laughs> um, yeah. No, there wasn't really anything I was going to really say besides, I mean, uh, you know, you mentioning going to a Jay-Z concert, like that feels like you're going to watch something. But when you go to a Black Alicious show, it felt like you're going to be a part of something. Mm. And and every mm. time it was like, yo, we are we're we are in this fucking cipher with Latif. He's about to bite yeah. my face. You know, <laughs> right. I mean, like right. um, so uh, yeah, just 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 gab and just you know, his I, I love the fact that um Nate shared that uh DJ Melody snippet. Now we're about Audi five thousand right about now. Before we go, I'm gonna let another one of my homeboys, the gift 
Even Gab checkers out here with some dope ass lyrics. Fuck it up, dog. Now I'ma get deep like a crater. Serve like a way to wait a piece. What they say to the creator, A to T, you see. Comments like Hillbilly, so I just say later, Jed. And make him look real silly like Mr. Potato Head. And put him to bed like an imp that make the ass retire. No milk, a shitty diaper, and no pacifier. Cry your eyes out, park your sunk ship, your trips, and fell into a spell of a hell of a quick rhyming. I'm on time and shining. You better do what I say, like my name was Simon. Cause I'm more busy than Pepsi. It's a grip, I'm real, son. You're dizzy like a lesbian, flipping like Wilson. Still some, and try to get up for me. Be in the best to take a B, but see, this ain't the army or the Navy gravy sipping punks. It better pour that shit back. Your DJ cut the record, but the shit came out wick whack. And all the ladies let me knock the booth because I macked that mic like a prostitute. And it was just like, it was a joyous bummer because it was like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. you, we know that he's gone and to hear him so young and, and so vital, but also, you know, it's heartbreaking and, you know, due to the recent death. But, um, you know, the the interview that, that we were, that we um, are going to play that you guys are going to hear shortly, um, he did mention that Black Alicious has 50 tracks recorded. So yeah. that, you know, the interview yeah. was 2018, I believe, towards the end. Um, and nothing happened after that because of the health issues and the pandemic, of course. So, I mean, I, that that's maybe a, there's some more. Right. Some right. More material. Say, yeah. That, yeah. Then, then that's something to look forward to. Yeah, we, we definitely hope that, um, you know, there's more material, uh, obviously feel feel for his family and, and everybody connected to him. You know, the, the whole the whole Soul Sides Quantum uh, crew and just, you know, to your point, Nate, um, we have kind of fell into this land of like giving people their flowers, as they say. And, right. I, and I think um, I, I'm, I'm glad we're able to do that. And, and just hopefully that that becomes something that, um, you know, more folks can start to do more intentionally. I'm not saying we're the only people to do it, but uh, I feel like hip hop and especially hip hop Twitter and I want to rank and list and do all the things sometimes um, gets in the way of us just properly appreciating things and not being like, oh, you know, you had one good album back then, but you haven't done blah, blah, blah. The, the people who, who, you know, have meaning and have helped shape us in our formative years as fans, as artists, um, deserve their flowers, whether they had a hot record last year or not. You know what I mean? And so um, I just, you know, while we have folks here, I, I think it's really important to let artists know because uh the music industry is horrible and doesn't do a good job of uh making sure that the the greatest practitioners of this particular craft anyway um are recognized and thanked and so yeah we we were fortunate to be able to talk to gab um one thing before you throw to the interview, I just thought yeah. this was funny and there's no good place to throw it in. So I'll just very <laughs> inorganically shoehorn uh, it in here. I think you guys will think this is funny and hopefully it'll be worth it. There were many touching tributes to Gift of Gab, especially shared from the members of his crew and the mm. people who knew him best. But the, to me, the one that will always stand out is you guys know what Mr. Len looks like, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He goes, oh man, I'm going to miss you. We went on tour a couple times and people would always say we looked alike. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's just so yeah, funny so this dope. is the kind of the nerdy thing that i kind of revel in with the show they even have similar hat taste totally yes they totally. both yes. wear glasses yeah. they both right. have that slightly longer right. beard they would wear like kind of those like military hats or yes. as people, right. people are calling them now like uh it's like uh the guy who will jump in the cypher and start talking about the pyramids right. Uh, right. style hat. official hat yeah yeah, yeah. Right. anyway i just uh, thought it was funny and wanted to share it before we kind of get out of here i just i was just like that's that's what i'm here for this is the kind of part of hip-hop that I love where like these guys have a lot of mutual respect you wouldn't think of them as necessarily being that similar they're right put out albums at a similar time they're from opposite ends of the the coast but they're part of this underground hip-hop culture and like I, I we were around for a lot of that stuff and we like tend to celebrate that and I just I just thought that was really funny and then when you look at them you're like God damn, they really look like <laughs> I never thought about that till you said it. And I go, oh yeah, they are well, they are kind of I'm not gonna get off on a whole thing on it right now because we're doing a somber serious show here. But DeAndre Ayton of the Phoenix Suns looks like your giant son, Damone. I don't know if you have to look at him. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I was not ready for that one. I, I will I will have to go back and, and take receipts. Or my grandpa, uh DeAndre Ayton. Um yeah, so so we you know we're we have we have to come together and and figure out a way to um to celebrate, eulogize, commemorate, 
these artists that mean a lot to us. Uh, we submit this interview not in some kind of, you know, um, opportunistic, you know, trying to, to capitalize on, on somebody's passing, but more just because we're fans. Um, we know we have a lot of new listeners now than we did when we're back on episode 34. Um, so that's that's kind of the spirit and the feeling that we submit this with. Um, and we hope that you can enjoy it. And just, you know, um, for those who don't know a lot about Blackalicious, hopefully this is a, a great entry point for you to understand how great um, Gift of Gab was. And so let's get into it. Here is our special commemorative interview with Gift of Gab, Dad Bod Rap Pod. Yo, man, this is Dave. Um, I'm here with Damone and Nate, um, and uh, we're really excited to have you on the program. Welcome. Right on, man. Yo, pleasure. It's my pleasure. We've been big fans, I mean, since the beginning, since the Soul Side days. Uh, days. Um, and, you know, just to start it off sort of chronologically, can you talk a little bit about, you know, when you guys all met sort of in Davis and, how you know, what the impetus and the beginning of everything well, was? Well, you know, we... Me and Chief XL, we go back to high school. We go back oh, to wow. like 1987. Mm. Um, so we, me, we, Black Alicious started in high school. Um, after I graduated, I moved back down where I'm from originally, to Southern California, to the Los Angeles area. And um, <laughs> Chief XL went to Davis, where he met Lyrics Born and, and and DJ Shadow and and everybody else. And he called he called he basically called me. It was like, yo, you should come out here and try to get into college. So first, I was going to try to get into college when I went to Davis. But, you know, the music just kind of took over. And I was like, mm. yeah, I know what I want to do with my life, you know. So mm. that's where I met Lyrics Born, DJ Shadow, Latif, you know, and, and you know, DJ Zen. And, you know, it was just a, a group of young kids who had who, who, who loved and appreciated hip hop and, and had their vision of the type of hip hop that they wanted to put out. Okay. Okay. Did you yourself have a sort of aha moment of, you know, when you wanted to become a rapper? Well, I knew I wanted to become a rapper at a very, very young age. Mm. You know, I started battling probably at the age of 12, mm. you know, and I would battle older cats who were better than me. Mm. And, um, as years got went by, I got better. And and as I was in school, people would say, people would come up to me and say, hey, man, you should make a record. You're really good. You should think about doing that professionally. So enough people said that. Because at first, I just wanted to <laughs> battle. I just wanted to right. be the fiercest MC in either my neighborhood, my school, or my, um, my block, or whatever. And so many people started coming up to me saying, yeah, man, you need to... So many people said it. I was like, all right, let me try it. So I just you know, went from writing battle raps to writing songs and mm. just developed a love for, um, for lyricism. So how did, how was that transition from like the cypher kind of battle, um, stage to now we're going to make a record? Like what, what was that like it, from you? Well, it was, it was slow. It was, mm. kind of, I didn't really care about making a record at first. Mm. It's just that so many people came up to me saying I need to do it that I just decided to give it a shot. And it was kind of like a, <clears throat> it wasn't that hard. It, it wasn't yeah. that hard because I was used to battle rhymes and I would, even in my battle rhymes, I would have subjects and I would have topics I would rap about. So I pretty much knew how to conceptually write, mm. write songs. And as a student of the art form, you know, I studied other people that came before me. So, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't difficult at all. It was really, really it was kind of slow, and then when it was like once I put once we did our first demo, then I was like, okay, yeah, I want to do this. You what, know? what was on the demo? It was a song black. It was Black Delicious. It was a Black Delicious song called "Let the Trouble Go Tat." Mm. T-A-T. Mm. And um, <laughs> we X probably still has a copy of it. Oh <laughs> man, very very. Uh, it's, it exists, you know. Oh wow! But, um, yeah, that's the first Black Alicia song that we ever we ever recorded. It was crazy. 
so when when does Lyric Fathom come along? Because that's like a foundational DNA record <laughs> for myself, and I know a lot of MCs. How did how did that well, song come together? That's after I moved back up to Davis to to and and, and um and we started the whole Quantum Crew, and we all decided that we're gonna that, that a lot of people are gonna not me, but a lot of people are gonna take their college funds and they're gonna start a record <laughs> label. <laughs> and, um, you know, we just began, Lyrics Born began recording, we began recording, DJ Shadow obviously had already put a record out, he was the first one that put a record out, mm. and um, me and X just went in the lab and we just started zoning and coming up with songs, and we, I think we came up with Lyric Fathom around the same time, we came up with like, add a couple lag or like mm. 40 ounce for breakfast, but that, well, that whole EP, Melodica, was done in a frame of time and we were just our mind state was just we just want to put out a, a body of work mm, yeah and 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 uh, you know and see what happens you know what I mean? if people <laughs> will, will gravitate and, and luckily they gravitated to it it was critically acclaimed critically critically acclaimed critically i'm trying to say critically acclaimed <laughs> underground ep and it, it, it gave us a lot of attention um so you're from pacoima right yeah and then the you're kind of going to high school in Sacramento, recording in Davis. Like, did you feel like you were a part of the Bay Area scene, or do you feel like you guys were kind of off on your own, doing your own thing? Well, well when we first moved out here, when we were in Davis, I didn't, because I hadn't lived in the Bay yet. Right. I've mm -hmm. been in the Bay since 97, so right now I feel like that. But at that time, you know, I hadn't really been to the Bay a lot. You know, I knew about Too Short, and I knew about Hammer, and I knew about I knew about all the hip hop. I knew about the Black Panthers and Huey Newton. I knew about the the the, the history of Oakland, mm -hmm. and it was one of the reasons I was excited to come out and and, and just vibe out and be, be in it. You know, but but yeah, at that time, I had not lived in the Bay yet. Right on. Yeah, I feel like. Um... We knew you guys lived in Davis. We're all from San Jose, so we, we you know, we follow Barry hip hop closely. But um, we were quick to embrace Soulside slash Quantum right when it came out, and it just seemed like you guys were kind of a part of something. So I was just wondering how it felt from the inside. But yeah, eventually, well, we you kind of connected, we more, right? Here's the thing: we were more in Davis, but we used to roll out to the Bay, do go out to shows like like the, we used to go to like like what's that called again? When the college college music festival thing, right? CMJ, yeah, yeah. and and we used to experience, and those were my first experiences of the Bay. Gotcha. At, mm. at venues like DNA Lounge, and you know, just just going. I really really dug the vibe in the Bay. So, um, yeah, yeah, that was we we we're me and X are from Sacramento. Lyrics Born is from Berkeley, California. Latif is from Oakland, and 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 uh, DJ Shadow is from Davis, California. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, well, I wanna... we all pretty much all preside. Everybody pretty much presides in, in in the Bay Area now, though. Gotcha. Right on. Um, I want to ask mm -hmm. a little bit about the studio dynamic between you and Chief Excel. Um, you guys have mm -hmm. been you guys have known each other since high school, like you said. Um, how right. is it when you guys step in the studio? Um, do you have concepts ready to go? Does he have the beats? Um, just kind of walk us through that. Well, usually he'll give me what we call a clip. A clip is about 20 to 30 beats. Mm -hmm. From that clip, he'll allow me to gravitate towards the ones that I'm gravitating towards the most, uh, which will more, more than likely it'll be about 10, 10 to 15, maybe half. And then after that, he'll give me another clip and we'll keep building like that. And when I write, he'll take what I wrote and he'll craft the production around um. what my lyrics. So, you know, it's kind of a back and forth type of a move, movement vibe with us. Okay. That's, that's dope. So, so you, you guys drop melodica, um, kind of establish yourselves as this, this force in the, in this like, California, underground scene can you mm -hmm. talk to us about how it kind of progressed from there all the way to eventually you guys were on a major label at a point like what what was well, that what was that like that progress that was great that was a great experience man you mm -hmm. know it's just like you know it's 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 um especially when you're young mm -hmm. you know it's just really like it's kind of like you feel like your dream is coming true. <laughs> like you've had this dream and now, now it's actually really going to happen. You know, we put out, we put out Melodica, then Melodica got a good reception. Then we obviously put out the A to G EP. Mm -hmm. um, after the A to G EP, we were like, okay, we got to do a whole album. 
and Atirix had just came out with their record, you know, and every and we were just smashing. Quantum was just yeah. smashing <laughs> through that. Yep. You know, DJ Shadow, Latirix, Black Alicious. So it was like, all right, it's time for an album. So we we went in and we did Nia and we put that out. And um and then, you know, after that, major labels started hollering at us. Jive was hollering at us, DreamWorks. And of course we eventually went with MCA. You know, but it was a great time. It was just a it was a good time in life because you know, I'm, I'm my family members are calling me saying, Oh, we saw your video. Oh, we just heard the radio. The song get played on the radio. And of course my cousins think I'm rich, which I'm not. <laughs> but you know, but it was just a really, really good time because it was that point where as a youngster you dream about something and you and like I said, once I turned about sixteen, I was like, Yeah, I wanna do this for a living because right. so many people were telling me to do it. And then it was the journey to get there and then it was like, Wow, it really happened. I'm I'm actually was on T V a minute ago. So <laughs> it was really a great time you know not that that's the most important thing because i'm an mc first right right and see back then it was less differentiate differentiate differentiating between a raw mc and somebody that might have potential to be a big have a be a big artist you know because yeah. you had nas blowing up you had jay-z you had people that were raw lyricists that were um that were blowing up. So it wasn't like the whole purpose was, but it was just, it was just a, a great experience. I'm on, I'm on the same label. Mary J. Blige was on. <laughs> not NWA. New Edition was on. Right. It was just a great time, man. Great time. That's awesome. Uh, Gab, do you have a work of yours that you consider to be your best? No. <laughs> I, I, keep, I keep evolving, man. My best work is is coming on my new on some of, some of my new music that I'm about to put out. Cool. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> okay. Cool. It seems like um, uh, alphabet aerobics is kind of kind of a high point and something that you're still known yeah. for. And can you talk to us about how that evolved into the uh, sports um, kind of metaphor one that was on the yeah. NBA playoff commercials? Yeah, and if you're talking like that, obviously Alphabet Aerobics is my most pop, the black, most popular Black Alicia song sure. mm-hmm. out of all our songs. I, I, say, le- I legitimately wanted to know what you thought. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's so much other shit that I do besides Alphabet Aerobics, though, but that was just the one that kind of, I guess it caught, and then Daniel Radcliffe did it. Right, 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 that right. Was, shout out to Daniel Radcliffe, because that was a blessing. <laughs> um, you know, you know, it just you go on the internet and it's just different. It's a news broadcaster doing it. It's just so many people doing their renditions of alphabet aerobics. So, you know, the uh, the sports company reached out to us and asked us if we do it, and of course we said yes. Right on, right on. It, it right was on. really nice to hear you on TV <laughs> again. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. It was, like Nate was saying, it's so awesome to like see you on TV while we're watching basketball it's fantastic man. Yeah, absolutely absolutely um you know um you awesome to me too bro. <laughs> <laughs> um you mentioned um working on a new project you know what's your sort of artistic process like these days i mean are, are you still pen and pad i mean i know technology has changed has that affected your artistic process as a writer yeah it's, it's absolutely pen and pad i know a lot of people oh, okay. I just I'm so used to writing on a pen. I I buy I invest in notebooks and pens, bro. <laughs> and, um, you know my creative process. Like I said, I usually like to hear the beat, but lately I've been you know hearing music for my solo stuff. I've been hearing right. music in my head, hmm. you know. And of course, with with Black Alicious, uh, Chief XO does all the beats. So still, we Black Alicious has about fifty songs right now wow. that are, and like we're we're trying to keep making them and then and then we'll square it down to the best like 14 and put put our next album out more than likely next year wow okay. also also have a solo record that'll be out um hopefully by the end of this year um it's entitled finding inspiration somehow okay and, okay uh, yeah i was just at the studio dropping some um dropping a dropping some um I'm dropping this song I have called Bluegrass. It's basically a, a hip-hop bluegrass song. Wow. What? Whoa. Okay. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm still excited about making music. I'm still excited about trying to stretch the crap, trying to take it where it hasn't been, you know? Okay. So, you know, it's still, it's still you know, I'm, I'm still passionate about uh, 
being an artist and elevating and trying to get better, mm-hmm. you know, because I think any artist, the minute you think that you can't get better, that's when you fall off, you that's know? It. Yeah, yeah. So so who are those artists that you look to right now and, and say, you know, these are these are cats that are, are really spitting that are kind of inspiration to you, if, if anyone? Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. Chance the Rapper. Okay. I really like what Homeboy the San, Homeboy Sandman is doing. Hey. Um, those are the three of the new school younger artists that stand out to me right now. Um, on that note, is there anyone that you'd really like to work with that you haven't been able to kind of connect with yet? Oh man, there's so many, man. I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan of past, future, and present. That past, present, and future. I'm a fan. You know, any any rapper that makes me go down. <laughs> and you know i'm i'm absolutely down you know would, would definitely like to work with him man. I'm, I'm a fan i'm, I'm a huge fan of, of hip-hop okay okay you know uh gab um uh-huh. um so we always ask everyone this question i just wanted to make sure i got it in uh what kind of music do you listen to when you're like not at work like what's your vibe right now um, you know, O.D., Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, a lot of Bob Marley, Gregory Isaac, Peter Tosh, reggae, you know. Um, you know, and I, I like The weekend. you know. I, I like, okay. I like, I like, okay. I like okay. variety. I like a variety of, 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 of what I consider good music, you know. Sure. I don't really stick to one genre. I don't just listen to hip-hop all the time. I just did a bluegrass song. I'm, I'm kind of yeah. getting, <laughs> getting into bluegrass. You know? That's interesting. All music, you know? Absolutely. Right on. Well, you know, we, we've been covering your history, uh, your guys' crew and its long history. When you when you look back at, at Soul Size and Quantum, what, a, what do you guys think you guys did for Bay Area hip-hop? You know, I think we were one of many. You know, you gotta, you can't, you can't mention us without mentioning hieroglyphics, mm-hmm. forty. Yep. Um, you know, hobo, hobo junction. Hey, um, yeah, I think that we were just a crew of really talented individuals who, who, who pushed each other to be better. Mm. You know, and challenged each other to be better. When me and Latif and Lyrics Born used to freestyle, we used to go in there like, all right, we got to come with heat. So we <laughs> all were kind of like, we were all kind of like big fish coming from small ponds. Mm. And then we all came into it like, you know, big fish. And, and <laughs> like, oh, shit, okay, let's let's step our game up now, you know? So um, that was great. Awesome. Well, we, we really appreciate you making the time to talk with us. Um, just to make sure that the audience knows what, what's the new record and when can we expect it? The new Black Alicious record is Imani Volume 2. Mm. That'll be out in 2019. Okay. My album is called Is Gift of Gab Finding Inspiration Somehow? Mm. And that will be out hopefully by the end of this year. Okay. Awesome. There, there it is. Well, on behalf of uh, the Dad Bod Rap Pod, I just want to say thank you, man. We're big fans, and we look forward to hearing the new stuff. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Thanks Peace, for your man. time. All right. Thanks. Word. Thank All you. Right. Bye. Yep.
after the show has faded, the crowd has gone away, and now the dawning day gives ways to creatures lurking, can hear the crickets chirping, only the owls can see, for this is when they start their prey. The homeless ask for quarters, for shelter in some border, say sorry not today, and turn and walk away. The busy street is empty, whistling winds are crooning gently, listening intently to all of the things they have to say. A day of work completed, a night of rest is needed, almost done with a book but eyelids too heavy to read it. The fireplace is kindling, snug with your queen and building about the victories tomorrow's gonna bring your way. like to re be remembered as someone with a huge body of work someone that was and, 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 and like I said before kind of someone who is just really into into um, being unpredictable I, 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 someone whose music was exciting someone who, who you could listen to a whole album and you could be you could be entertained and yet you, you, it, it never got uh, it never got repetitive my styles never got repetitive. Also, someone who, at this point in my, in my career, someone who, who uh, I used to kind of turn away from this, but someone who brought a conscious message. You know, a lot of MCs are afraid of that. I think that we live in a, in a world right now where we need, we, we need, well, how come everybody wants to be, you know, pimps and, 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 and hard and, and all of this and all of that, and, 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 and nobody wants to uh, shed light. You know, and and, and 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 enlighten people, and and to the best of their abilities, because no one's enlightened fully. But you know, just just spread awareness, you know, to the best of my ability, and spread some kind of positive message. You know, I'm 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 own, I own that now. I used to feel like, you know, oh, oh I don't want to be called conscious, but you know, I kind of I kind of own that now because we live in a planet that 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 needs that kind of energy and that kind of vibe, you know? Stony Island Audio. Rappers step to me like I'm a doormat. Peep the format. I pour raps. Not your average everyday hardcore act. Acting, I'm like a Mac 10, a Uzi and an AK-47 rolling with crazy kids like Bebe. Mayday, mayday. I used to listen to K-Day in my heydays. I ride the bus with dreams of one day lamping inside of Mercedes. Bins with sheepskin interiors and two 15s and two rip means to get cream. I'm large like a hippopotamus. Grip, I got a disc. Sip a bottomless cup of brew when I'm getting watered. It's if a rapper try to step, I rip and slaughter his ass. So shitty ought to just swallow his pride and get to following this. I'm marvelous like Marvin Hagler in his prime. I start kids like a dagger with my mind. I start shit with rappers who can't rhyme. I spark splits because I don't stagger when I'm high. But when I'm drunk, I do. Punk, I do not acknowledge whackness. I got your grandma doing black. Lips and tumbles. I rumble in the jungle with Ali and Frazier. Call me the savior of hip hop. I rip shop and get my propers. Come get with this. My style is awkward. I never talk words. I talk towards the inner city youth, revealing it's the truth. I'm feeling that the proof is in the pudding. I put men that wouldn't hip hop in my shop and I torture. Check out. 